You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Hey, 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 what up, everybody? It's your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders Undercover Capes, here today with a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. I mean, he's a life-transforming trainer, an author, an app designer. I mean, homie even knows one of my favorite motivational speakers, Mr. Les Brown. I'm talking about the one and only Triple R, Mr. Robert Raymond Riopo. What's up, brother? Hey, how great to be here. And I, I'm loving your energy already because I know you and I are going to have some fun together. Now, man, brother, thank you for coming on, man, because you definitely are all about the high energy, but with a heartfelt style, man. Robert, thank you for coming on. Thanks. Shout out to Alex, San Filipino, a pod match. Got to hook up with Robert through that. So shout out to Al. I mean, Podmatch is a great place to actually, if you're a podcaster, vidcaster, a great place to connect with, with amazing people like Robert. Robert, bro, you've been bringing value to the world for quite a minute. I mean, you know, you got an awesome book, you know, Success Left the Clue. And I definitely want to dig into those clues for success. But even before we dig into all that goodness, a little bit about yourself, Rob. Where are you from? Where are you hail from? Well, you know, I'm actually from my mother. <laughs> so putting that aside, I live in central Alberta in Canada. Okay. And so for me, you know, I, I come from a background of here's the box. Stay in that box. Don't oh. think outside the box. When it comes to work, you find a job that is going to be pay you the, as much as possible. It's going to have security for you. And even if you don't like the work, that's what you do to support your family. Now, Al, that's what I did when I started working at a very young age. But also, I'm now newly married. And by the age of oh, 21, I've, I've been laid off from my third company. And I'm going, wow. what's going on here? I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. Why is this happening? And I look back now, and not to date myself, but to look back, <laughs> I go, thank goodness I learned that lesson at 21, that if I wanted any kind of success in my life, I had to take control of that success. Yes. And so here I am in our economy, when oil prices are high, because in Alberta, we have oil. When yeah. oil prices are high, our economy does spectacular. But when oil prices are low, you can't find work. It's a, our economy oh, wow. goes downhill very quickly. Really? So here I am. I'm laid off in 1989 from that third company. Mm. We're in the middle of down oil on that real job. Yeah. And I look. And because I'm newly married, I'm like, I want to take care of my wife. So I decide to do something until I find a real job. I start delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Of course. <laughs> and, <laughs> I hope you deliver it on time. My, <laughs> that, that's, I did, you know, because back then it was 30 minutes or free. Yeah, brother, exactly. You know, I mean, you guys were hitting old ladies crossing streets, apparently, just to make oh, that delivery on time. Oh, Is that the truth? Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, if you want to go to the truth of that, actually, there was an accident. No. Yes. And this is oh, what wow. delivered the whole, this is what changed the whole Domino's Pizza delivery is there was a, an accident and the person in the accident, he was a driver on his way home from work. He wasn't okay. even delivering, but because he was in a Domino's Pizza uniform, they settled out of court. And often the moment the woman settled out of court, she ended up taking the settlement, something like $100,000 and turned around and used it to hire high powered lawyers to really take Domino's. Oh, and wow. She won a settlement of something like $73 million dollars. Saying that, you know, she was in the accident because the person was having to deliver before the 30 minutes, all of this. Now, they got overturned and thrown out of court, but because of that decision, 
they yeah. ended up taking away the 30 minute or free delivery. Oh, um, wow. that, and here's the funny part of it. We make our pizzas from scratch. Now yeah. this is a whole lifetime ago. I you know, <laughs> as a Domino's, but from the moment a pizza's ordered, even making from scratch, you can have it made in the oven, baked and ready to go in about seven minutes tops. Okay. Which means you have 23 minutes to deliver the pizza. And that's how they were able to do it, right? Mm. So, but it's interesting how society puts a, a turn on things. Now, oh, yeah. because of my work ethic, I went from being a delivery driver to a, a manager out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And my wife became my assistant manager. We start working hard because, again, that's what we know. Of we course. start working open to close seven days a week. And we've been wow. doing this for about a year and a half when all of a sudden my franchisee, he decides, I'm done. I don't want to be in Domino's Pizza anymore. Oh, my God. And he decides he's going to sell us two stores. Now, here was my perspective. And this will give you the inbox thinker I was. Yeah. My perspective was the new owners are going to come in. We know they're going to let us go as the management because they're going to bring their own team in. So the obvious answer is we've got to talk to the other franchisees and find a new store to manage. And so that's the way I looked at it. And my wife looked at it and goes, why would we do that? Why don't we just buy the store? that we're working in. We're qualified to be franchisees. And I looked at it, I'm like, because we have no money? That's what <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> He dipped into his pockets and nothing but lint came out. Like, are you serious? Right? Yeah. But here's the beautiful thing. One of the many beautiful things about my wife is our writing joke is, because we, we've known each other since we were 13. Oh, we wow, started really? dating when we were 16. Yeah. We got married when we were 19. And we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary. Wow, 30 plus, bro. You are a vet yeah. and a half, bro. Where's your gold yeah. star, man? Where's your purple right? heart? <laughs> right? Well, so with our running joke is that I was innocent until I met my wife. Oh, and then man. she corrupted me in such great ways. So because I was that in-the-box thinker, I'm like, we don't have money. There's no way we can do it. All that. And she's like, well, let's find out how you do it. How can we buy this store if we want to own the store and become franchisees? Yeah. And now, Al... When we started on this journey, and it took us about four or five months of learning, making mistakes, spending money, like paying someone $1,000 that guaranteed they'd get us a loan, and mm. all of a sudden they couldn't get us a loan. You know, money we didn't have. But we learned something new every single time. Okay. And in about four months into this journey, of which I wanted to quit so many times, because every time something went wrong, I'd want to quit. My wife like, no, we're going for this. Well, just over four months in, all of a sudden, we now have the confidence. We know what to say and what not to say. We go to our bank, and, and one of the things I want your listeners to understand and your viewers, always keep great relationships with your bank. Don't be that problem client that if something goes wrong, you go in yelling and screaming. Treat everybody with respect because you never know how to pay off. Mm. We were sitting down with our branch manager who loved my wife and I. She knew we were hard workers, helped us buy our first house. And we're sitting down with her and she goes, how's it going with your buying the store? And we're like, it's not. And she goes, well, have you talked to Grant, who was the business manager for the branch? And we're like, no, we can't get an appointment with him. Because back then, Al, you had to know someone. Yeah. You had to have the in. A bank manager. Right. And she goes, what do you mean you can't get appointments? Well, we've tried. It's just not happening. She goes, come with me. She stands up, literally takes us by the hand, walks us across the bank. She knocks on his door. He opens the door and she says, Grant, this is Robert and Roxanne Riopel. They're amazing, hardworking kids. Now we're 23 at the time. And she goes, they want to buy a Domino's pizza that they were managing. Take care of them. And because of her introduction, he's like, okay, come on in. 
Now, because we knew what to say and what not to say, we were actually able to end up getting the bank to give us 100% financing. Oh. Not for the store we were working in. Oh, no. For both the stores my franchisee had for sale. No. Yeah. Wow. And we became became franchisees and we're like, I'm sure. (laughs) That was a glorious day, I'm sure. It was. But here's what's interesting. We knew how to run a store, but we didn't know how to run a business. And that's two totally different things if you really look at it. Oh, and it so is. we became, as Michael Gerber would say from the EMS, we are now working in our business. We are full-time employees for ourselves and hating the bosses. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Thank goodness we knew enough to be tenacious enough to learn okay. and keep going. First two years, we probably should not have made it as franchisees. But here was our perspective. If there's money in the bank, we're doing okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, my gosh. <laughs> and when we finally got things in place and started um, figuring it out, we're now two years into the journey, and we start making pretty good money. But our thinking and our programming coming from poor families was, oh, you got money? Go spend it. Yeah. And we'd spend more money than we were earning. Yes. And by the time we were franchisees for eight years, we're now over $150,000 in debt, oh. going down quickly and stressed out beyond belief. And now I don't know about you, but probably the worst, some of the worst stress I've ever experienced is financial stress. Absolutely. It, it well, wreaks havoc on you. It does. It does on the soul, on the mind, relationships. I mean, even, yes. even your every day-to-day thing, because that's a thought in your head. And when it pops yes. in, it's not a thought that just pops out. It starts to multiply. Like, wait a minute. Exactly. I don't have money, and yeah. I got this coming up, and I got this coming up, and I got this coming up. So you're there now. You know, this is probably why you shave your head and why I'm wearing a hat. Well, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't having to shave my head. I was losing my hair. Oh, my. <laughs> Listen, I know those problems. I've been there. I'm still trying to climb out, but I'm way better than I was, you know? Well, and, and that's it. And so when we were in that such a stress, also we were introduced to a three-day training that changed our life. When we walked into the weekend, because we didn't believe in personal development. We didn't believe in that stuff. My, my brother-in-law, actually, not to, again, show how old I am, but he had cassette tapes from Tony Robbins. <laughs> oh, my like, God. I used right? to see them things as a kid in commercial, the Tony Robbins yeah. and the whole bunch of tape kid and whatever. Yeah, yeah bro, I remember my, that. My brother-in-law was like, you've got to listen to these. They're pretty good. And I'm not, I'm not listening to that stuff. I don't need that stuff. And that's one of the reasons I was broke. So we ended up walking into a three-day weekend where we learned about why we were in debt. Second of all, we learned how to take ownership of it, that okay. we were the ones creating the debt. And then third, we learned how to get out of debt, some specific skills we could do. Okay. And we did something, Al, that leaving that most people don't do. And here's the unfortunate statistic in North America. Did you know in North America, only 3% of people will ever actually do something with something new they learned? Oh, my God. Listen, Tom Bilyeu at San Diego Comic Con 2019, I went to one of his after parties. And, you know, as the night was closing, he had a moment to speak. And one of the things he said was, share your secrets. Only 1% of the population will probably do something with what you give them. Yep, yep, absolutely. And so here we are. We decide we're going to not just have taken this amazing information, put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. We're like, we're going to actually do something with it. And we put some actions into place. And what we were able to do is actually by putting the actions of what we've learned into place, we went from being over $150,000 in debt to actually being completely retired 
financially free what? nine months later at the age of 32. Wait, nine months later? Stop. Wow. Oh, man. That's that's amazing, yeah. bro. That's it, amazing. And our mind did exactly what yours. You, we went, wow, that worked. If this much information gave us that result, what would more learning do? And for the next two and a half years, we dove in. We started learning from every master we could. Every master. Because I'm a big believer, Al. Don't just learn one way. Oh, don't sh- just learn from one person. Get the golden nuggets or the clues, as I call them now, <laughs> from as many people as you can. And while we were doing that, I found my passion. My passion was to teach because I believed if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I had done, go from debt to financial success, it'd make it all worthwhile. And as of today, over the last 18 plus years, I've now traveled around the world several times and personally taught over half a million students in live training around the world. Crazy, man. I saw this. Let's get into this awesome book you wrote and how you even started that. Because I read, like I said, part of the book. And it's funny, you start like, I always wanted to do a book, but I didn't know how to get started. And then I saw this little quote here that you did. You will affect people with your greatness or infect them with your mediocrity. I mean, wow, bro. So I need to know, was like, where did this, where did this passion come from? Just from the classes, but explain to our, our listeners. It's like, what made you finally take the step to say, okay, I've been viewing these people. Now I want to be one of them. Wow. Again, I'm going to bring it back to my wife for a lot of it. See, left to my own devices, I would be miserable but comfortable in a job. Gotcha. And I'm going to say that again for your listeners again. I would be miserable but comfortable in a job, and I wouldn't want to step outside. But one of the greatest things that um, I'm going to recommend for your audience, find people in your life that hold you to a higher standard than you hold yourself. And these are what I call growth-minded individuals. And there's a difference between a growth-minded individual and a like-minded. See, like-minded, people have the same mindset. So if you're thinking about debt and being broke, you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people, you're going to have debt, you're yes. going to be broke. But if you growth-minded people are the ones that they'll pick you up when you fall, they'll cheer you on when you're doing well, but they're also the ones that are willing, willing to have the hard conversations sometimes and kick you in the ass when you're playing smaller than you should be and than you could be. And my wife is a great example of that. It's a gift we actually give each other. When we're playing smaller than ourselves, we hold each other to a higher standard. Even if it means I get grumpy, I get upset, and she's trying to say, look, step up. No, step up. I can't. She's not willing to let me play that small game, if that makes sense. That's beautiful, brother. That's beautiful. I know people like that on my team. When, you know, I'm the leader of my team. When they see me do a little flub, but they don't see me as energetic, which is, you know, it's a rarity. <laughs> but when it's noticed, I give a shout out to my boy Johnny, for example, from the UK. He's, he's the one I elected as my EIC, and he's very blunt with me. I mean, he's from the UK. He's like my Simon Cowell, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, so he'll be very blunt with me. Yeah, he'll be very blunt, but I appreciate that. He checks me, and I have other friends that are outside my circle that we are within the same kind of narrative, the things that we enjoy, you know what I mean? And, and what we're yep. trying to do. And I mentor some people, but even those that I mentor come up, yeah, oh, what's up with you today? You know? And yep. I need that. And it, it's so true. Like you said, you need that in your life. It's very important yep. to have those type of people. You know, that's a real foundation. I mean, Wade Gall taught me how to remove toxicity from my life. And let me tell you, <laughs> I removed a lot of toxicity from my life. It's important. And, and, and I, is, is that is that a clue to success as well? Removing that toxicity? 
It absolutely is because that famous quote that you will be the average of the five people you spend the most time with, mm. that's, that's a mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial. Oof. And for a lot of people who say they want success, they end up being the top of the five of the average five, which means the other four are actually being like anchors holding them in place. Mm. And some people, their mindset is, but Robert, I don't want to lose friends. And that's where that quote, you will either affect people with your greatness or infect them with your mediocrity. Because what happens is most people, and this is my opinion, one of the biggest issues on the planet today, too many people are playing mediocre lives. They're playing mediocre lives. And so if you're playing mediocre, you're automatically putting the energy out to the people around you that they should play mediocre. But when you step into your greatness, listen closely on this to your audience, with confidence, not arrogance. Not arrogance. Confidently, you know, when Les Brown says, you got greatness, you got to be hungry. That's about owning your greatness with confidence. Because now, your friends that you're afraid of losing, one of a couple things is going to happen. Some of them, as you step into your greatness and your vibration goes out, is going to give them permission to step into their greatness and they're going to play a bigger game as well. Is it possible some are going to fall away? Absolutely. But when I talk about four phases of life, You've got to be, there's one of the phases called unclutter. And you've got to be willing when you're in this phase, you destroy something that's not working. Meaning it might be letting go of a business or personal relationship that's not working. It might be letting go of something good to get something great, letting go of something great to get something phenomenal. But the biggest thing in that is destroy a mindset, a belief that's not supporting you. So if there's a a block that's been holding you back or a belief, then go out and get the proof because proof is the cure of all doubt. So if you're sitting there and you're going, well, it's supposed to be this way. Why? Wow. I don't know. I've had this belief for a long time. Great. Go out and find a reason to destroy that belief, to prove it not to be true. And when you do that in this phase, as all of a sudden you grow, the few people that do fall away out, because there will be some, of course. but now you've opened up a space for even more amazing people. See, I was a world-class people pleaser. Okay. Oh my goodness. And if you were someone I wanted to like me, I'd be like that lost little puppy, like, please, 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 please like me. <laughs> and I need a drink, you need a drink, I, you need something. Oh my God, hold on, you sneeze. Right? Let me put you. <laughs> yeah. And some people that would, they'd be like, look at me, like, get away from me, you freak. Because the more I try to please them, the more I'd put that wall in, in between. But yeah. the moment I realized, I said, you know what? Here's who I am. And either you're going to like me or you don't. And if you like me for being me, that's awesome. If you don't like me for who I am, awesome. Because think about it. There's like 8 billion people on this planet. How much time do we waste trying to please the people that want us to be someone other than who we are? They want us to be something different. So right? And the moment I change that mindset, I am blown away today by the people who are attracted to my energy. And want to know me for me. We were talking before the recording. Les Brown. He started yeah, off as bro. a mentor, became a friend, became I became a mentor to him. And I asked myself, how do how did I attract this? You know, when I wrote my book and I finally sat down and decided to do it, I thought of him and I I phoned him up. I said, Les, I said, I'm finally writing my book. Would you be willing to write the forward? And he's oh, like, wow. Robert, absolutely. You know, wow. and and I looked at then I start looking at my phone and my the people I have on in my Rolodex. And I'm like, how did I get it connected? You know, another <laughs> example of that. Have you ever heard of, Al, have you ever heard of Mind Valley and Vishen Lakiani? No. 
No, you gotta check the educate, you gotta check educate, the please. Yeah. yeah, you gotta check out Mind Valley because it, the company's worth like 40 or 50 million dollars only. It's out of Malaysia. The guy who started, he started off with doing online how to be more mindful, meditation, stuff like that. Okay, 2009, I'm in the middle of taking a break because I had overlived my passion, I got burnt out, and I actually went through two back surgeries because I hadn't been taking care of myself. You know, when I oh, teach people wow. to come from my passion, I, you know, the three R's of my name, you see it right on the book. I keep it real. I keep it relevant. I keep it repeatable. The real Ooh. is I'm going to tell you the good. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the bad. I'm going to tell you the ugly. Cause I don't want people yes. to think that success is just easy. And it's all like pie in the, pie in the sky. And Truth. Oh. Exactly. There's so much work behind it. People only yeah. see the end result, but they don't see the yeah. journey. And, and that's why I love biographies. I love biographies uh-huh. because I want to know the journey. So back to Vishen as an example, here I am. I'm in the middle of my break and I'm burnt out. But when a good friend asks you for something, you, you, you know, if you can, you do it. And a couple of buddies said, Robert, we're, we're putting on an event in, and this is in 2009 in Alberta, in Calgary, where I was living at the time. And they said, we need you to host the event. Now I'm okay. in the middle of being six weeks in bed. I haven't been able to move and get out of bed move. because I'm wow. waiting for my first back surgery. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, sorry, I can't. I said, I haven't had my surgery. It looks like it's still a few months away. I can't even get out of bed. And they're like, wow, okay. And they said, we just, we're thinking of you. We have the great trainers, but we need someone who can really host and, and add energy. And, and I'm like, okay, out of curiosity, who do you have? And they're like, well, we have the Dalai Lama coming. Oh my what? God, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And I'm like, who else do you have? They said, we have Sir Richard Branson. I'm like, oh. <gasps> and, and they start listing off F.W. de Klerk. And if, for those what? who don't know who F.W. de Klerk is, he was the president of South Africa that set Mandela free. Okay. Holy um, we, we had crap. No way. Stephen Covey <gasps> Sr., one of the last presentations he did. I have a great photo in the green room, him and I in our aerodynamic this, because often I end up having my first surgery a couple weeks before the event. So okay. I'm now feeling great. And I said, I'm in. Well, out of the 18 amazing presenters, one of the presenters that just blew the audience away was Michelle Lakiani from Mind Valley. Okay. And he just had the audience just going. So I'm in the green room being the host. I'm getting to sit down with all the amazing presenters and having conversations with them. And I'm awesome. talking to him. I'm like, man, that was a powerful presentation. I'm edifying. I'm like, this was great. And he's listening to me. And then he stops. He goes, um, you don't know who I am, do you? I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> You're Vishen Lakiani. And he goes, no, no, no. That's not what I mean. He says, you don't really know who I am and how it's because of you, Robert. I'm here today. And I have the success I have today. What? And I'm like, pardon me? Yeah, that's kind of what I did. I'm like, what? And on that note, all of a sudden, someone's at my front door. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm going, I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, and this is in 2009, September 2009. He says, May of 2008, before you took your break, he said, you were in Malaysia for your very first training. There's 4,800 students in the audience for the three-day training. I said, yeah. He goes, my company, Mind Valley." We had 15 staff members. On average, we were losing $15,000 a month US, money I didn't have to lose. He said, I heard of this training and I decided to bring nine of my staff with me. He said, on the first day, we were going to leave because I, my mindset was, you're just trying to sell us something. He said, but I decided to stay and I played out the whole three days. And he said, then you changed my life, Robert. He said, you absolutely changed my life. He said, Ooh. that was in May of 2008. He said, me and my staff, we went back to work. By December of 2008, we had our first million dollar US month. Jeez. We made so much money. We paid off all of our debt, including school debt from the US for me and my partner. We bought our office space in the building we're in. 
He said, and since then, we're now doing a slow month as a million dollars a month. And he said, it's because That's you slow changed my life. <laughs> yeah. And, I love goes, it. and you don't, I you didn't it. even know. He said, he said, you didn't even know you, you, I was in your audience. He said, but you're the one that changed my life. And I want to thank you for being who you are. And Al, he's right. I had no idea. 4,800 students in the audience for three powerful days. And I didn't know how I was impacting his life. Wow. And here's the best part of that. I didn't have to know. See, when you do what you love, your podcast here, the guests you bring on, you have no idea whose life you might impact and how you might change them. But you do what you do. And that's that ripple effect that goes out. That's how you yeah. truly make change in people's lives. That's truth, brother. Because I, I love what I do. I love talking to people like yourself and, and just picking brains and just understanding the journey. And also to, to, for our listeners to understand, it's not easy. You know, the journey is hard. But once you reach that goal, man, whoo, heaven. You know, yep. as golden yep. as that as the word clue looks. So let me ask you there, because, you know, <laughs> you're talking about currencies of life. And there are four yeah, of them. Yeah. What are the four currencies? Can you name them for us? Yeah, absolutely. The first one is the one people would think of when you say currency. It's the currency of money. And okay. what people, I want people to understand about currency of money is if you have too much money in your life, that's called affluenza. And affluenza means you start doing crazy things with it. Like the prince in Dubai or UAE that he decided to buy an A380 airplane for a billion dollars spent $100 million re-renovating it to be his party plane. And so for $1.1 billion, he's got a party plane. That's a little crazy. I could think of many much better things to do. With oh, yeah, man. Start buying some right? property, people. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So that's affluenza. Too little money is called poverty. And what I've discovered in my research and my journeys is that there's a zone. that, And it's different for everybody. And your zone will change as you go through life. In that zone is between too little and too much. And when you're in the zone, that's when you have a much more blissful life. Okay. But when you are outside of that zone, that's when you start seeing problems in your life. Like when I was in debt, I was underneath the poverty zone. I was stressed because at that time, 40,000, 50,000 a year was my, if I was making at least that, I was happy. You know, under that, I was stressed. Today, today, you know, my poverty zone is about 200,000 a year. If my, my returns, my investments my cash flow from my doing trainings isn't at least 200,000, I start getting a little nervous. And the pandemic, you kind of, you know, put that in perspective. Oh my gosh. And if, and yeah. my upper end is now, if I'm at a million or more a year, then I start doing silly things with my money. <laughs> so for the currency <laughs> of money, I've noticed everybody has a zone and it'll grow with you. It'll grow yeah. with you. So that's the first currency. The second currency is the currency that everybody has the exact same amount of time. Too much time on your hand creates boredom. Yes. Too little time creates stress. And, you know, it's, it, it blew me away. BC, before COVID, on average, I was flying 20,000 miles a year. <laughs> Wait a minute, bro. You just blew my mind. I never thought about BC on those terms. I effing love Before COVID, is the, that's the new BC, folks. It's no longer before yeah. Christ. We know what happened. <laughs> Yeah. Right now, it's before COVID. Holy smokes. Before COVID, yep. I'm sorry, but I, I, no, that's all good. That's all good. <laughs> I was flying on average 200,000 miles a year around the world training people. A year? And all of a sudden, a year. And then I went down to Holy zero. Shit. So you talk about total shift, right? And so I oh, found I got tough. busier at home, being at home, than I was traveling around the world. And it always blew me away when people go, I'm bored because they weren't used to being at home. I have nothing to do. And I'm like, come on over here. I'll give you something to do. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. 
So that sounds like my nephew and my niece when they were here this weekend. Oh, I'm bored. I got video games, toys. I got everything on their mother, but I'm bored. I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) And and too little of time is the stress. And here's what people don't realize on the having too little time. You probably know Al a lot of people that are stressed out because they're they they're like I'm so busy I have no time for myself. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah. What what I've noticed is. People actually, there's a difference between being busy, which people are really, really good at, yes. and being productive. Yes. There's a huge difference. See, I'm writing my new book right now, and I could go down to my office and say, I'm going to write my book. And eight hours later, I can come back up and go, what did I do for the last eight hours? Man, was I busy. <laughs> and I realized I checked social media a dozen times. I checked my emails. I made phone calls. And I wrote the book, but not a lot of it. And But yet, I was busy. So one of the things I do on my calendar is I book in what's called focus time. So on my calendar, Mm. because I live by my calendar now, research has proven that you can really only stay focused on one thing for about an hour before you start getting distracted. So I will put in, say, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, write book. And in that hour, emails are off, phones off, my office doors closed. And what do I do? I work on the book for an hour. And in that hour of productivity... I can do six, seven, eight hours of being busy, which means now I've freed up a lot of time. So if your audience is finding that they're being overwhelmed from being busy, work on becoming a little more productive and watch what that will do to free up time. You're so right. Because what I do, for example, on a Saturday, right? Yes, I do work on a Saturday, but Saturday is the day that I get Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday content created, period. And as I keep doing it, I'm getting faster because it becomes a routine, right? So now exactly. I'm getting faster. Exactly. I'm getting faster. Yep. So guess what? What used to take me five hours on a Saturday now takes me less than two hours to knock out. And I have four days of content. And now I feel fulfilled. I was super productive. And you get the fruits of my labor during the course of the weekend and week. You know what I mean? That's right. So I feel That's good. Successful. So I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because that is a key of productivity a lot the time to be productive, not just to sit down and BS. You're so right. And then you'll find out how much more time you actually have for family, Mm -hmm. for everything Mm -hmm. else, right? And by being productive. And so that's the second currency. The third currency is the currency of fame. And, you know, especially with today's day and age, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. Everybody wants their 15 minutes. They're getting their 15 minutes. Thanks to social media, though. (laughs) Well, and that's it. But so we've seen that fame can ruin someone's life. And there's a difference of having fame and being able to handle fame. And, you know, I was having a great uh, conversation on a podcast with a gentleman who's been an actor for years. And when we were talking about fame, he says, yeah, he says, pretty much any actor or actress can go in and, and get lucky and hit a role once. But the ones that are the good ones are the ones that can actually know how to maintain it, how to grow with it, how to be able to handle what it brings. Yes. And so when it comes to fame, and I was always fighting with this one myself because here I am, I'm around the world. I'm in front of hundreds and thousands of people at a time and Amazing. I'm you know, up on stage and, and I, I've got something. And so I listened to an interview years ago where it changed. It gave me a paradigm shift. Okay. The interviewer was, was interviewing Jennifer Lopez and oh. he said to her, he said, look, said J-Lo, oh my goodness, you are a force to be reckoned with. Singer, dancer, actress just business person. But we also know on the personal side, you are an absolute family person that's very grounded in family. How do you handle the both? How do you separate that? And what she said really impacted me. She said, on stage, when I'm acting, when I'm doing all that, I'm J-Lo. 
That's who I am. Almost like, you know, with your comics, who's your, your Superman. You, you go into the yeah. booth, switch out, you come out of Superman. So when, she goes, when I'm at home, I'm Jennifer Lopez to family. And so that's being the Clark Kent. And I went, brilliant, because when I'm on stage and all that, I'm Robert Raymond Realpel. But when I come home, I'm just Robert or Rob. And another running joke my wife and I have, because when I'm around the world, I have staff taking care of everything. But when I come home, my wife goes, she goes, honey, you're home now. No more assistance. Go take out the garbage. And <laughs> I love that. I love that because that keeps me grounded, right? Yes. Because yes. the moment I think I'm all that, I'm done. You're I'm right. I'm done. So You're right. When, thing, when, when a small task becomes, ugh, that's not for me. It's like, okay, you got an ego. You're the chill. And I love right. that what you talked about, J-Lo, because that's how I feel with Al Mega and Alexander Perez. Alexander Perez is daddy. He's the father. He's the worker. Al Mega's Mr. Comic Crusaders, you know? He's the yeah. wild out, whereby Mr. Man, you feel me? Yep. <laughs> so I get you on and, that. And you're still you and both. You still yes. be authentically you and both, but it's having that groundedness. And, and people go, but Robert, I've tried to suppress ego and, and it doesn't work. And, and one of the things I want people, especially with fame, to understand, I don't care who you are. Every single person has ego. Yes. And the problem comes when we try to say, I don't have ego and I suppress it. And so when you suppress it, it comes up with more intensity. So you try to ignore it or say, I don't have it. So you suppress it more. And all of a sudden you get into this tug of war where eventually it comes out with so much energy and pressure, you can't hold it back and it comes out in weird ways and you see it manifest. So what I've learned over the years is because instead of saying I don't have ego, is I, I acknowledge I have ego, but I know when I'm on stage, I'm in front of an audience, I'm there for them. So ego has no room on that stage. So if I don't want it to come out on stage, I've learned ways to allow my ego to play in healthy manners. And mm -hmm. for me, as an example, I love video games. So if I'm oh, playing nice. a video game and, and at Almega, if you and I are going head to head in a video game, because my ego's allowed to play there, I'm sorry, you're going down, brother. You're going <laughs> I love down. It. Let's go. It, what game is it, brother? Yeah. I'm doing it, Chipotle. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and, and because I allow my ego to have that healthy place to play, now when I'm on stage teaching and inspiring and impacting lives, I'm just there for them, not for me. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I get it. I do that. I've moderated panels, whatever. Ain't about me. Who cares that Al Mega is the one interviewing so-and-so? Let yeah. Al Mega tune in and grab the energy from the fan base. Let me feed them what they need. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, otherwise... And that's what I love. Ain't about what I want. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes like the book on your shelf it becomes like the hulk don't want to make the hulk angry because all of a sudden that if the eagle comes out in the hulk's manner now the the hulk is destroying things and that's a yeah. perfect yeah i saw that on your shelf and i'm like that's a great example <laughs> of what the eagle will do to a person right in that way so that's the third currency now the fourth currency is the one i really focus on in my life right now and that is the currency of experience mm. experience mm. see this is the one so many people miss out on they're so caught up in what they think they want or where they think they want to go. And they're so far in the future, or they're so caught up with what happened in the past, playing the victim or this happened to me and I have a bad life because of, they forget to be present and experience what's going on in their life. And let's go back to what you said with your kid. Cause right now you're El Mega. You are the super host here. You know, you're the comic crusader. You're, you're bringing value to people. But when you're with your kids, it's like, yeah, I'm dad. I'm dad, right? Yep. And What's they think experience? I'm the uncoolest person on the world, you know? <laughs> oh, then you're doing your job. Then you're doing your job. I love it. 
Right. And, and that's me too. Like when I'm with family, some of my family don't really know what I do. And they look at me like I'm just a big dork. And I am, which is cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't right. have to be, I don't have to be the person always knowing everything and on the stage. No, I'm like last week, my wife and I spent the whole week floating on the river, camping with family where we had no self service or Wi-Fi service. We were disconnected <sighs> to get reconnected. Right. That's a vacation, bro. Oh my God. I yeah, love it. Yeah. So I was fully experiencing every day, feeling the heat wave we were going through. Now, Florida, our heat wave to you is just a normal day. But for us, it was a heat wave. Just saying. And it didn't have the humidity, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when now with, with what I do with impacting lives, I want, I've moved to where instead of just doing a training, I love it and I've, I've been blessed to train thousands and thousands of trainers, how to be more authentic wow. on stage, how to be more connected. And so I'm now going, how can I be experiential? And one of the things was when I got shut down because of COVID, one of my dreams had been, my wife and I three years ago bought this beautiful acreage, this property we have, with okay. the intention of eventually one day building our own training center on it. So instead of me traveling around the world, my students would come to see me. And yeah. that dream was three to five years down the road still, but COVID sped that up. See, after I went through a couple of weeks, and, and I want your audience to hear this, because don't think I'm perfect, don't think I'm all that. I go through crap just like everybody else. I go through the mindset, I go through struggles just like everybody else. And so when I got shut down and all my live events were being canceled, I played, there was a couple of weeks I played the victim. There's a couple of weeks I physically got ill because I let my mind go rampant with what's going to happen now. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue are gone. What's going to go on? And after the couple of weeks, my wife and I, we actually asked, there's two words that we use in our life all the time that really keep us on top of things. And those words are what's next. Mm. See, instead of getting stopped, it's now, okay, this has happened. Got it. What's next? Yeah. And we looked at it and we went, my wife said, well, you're home now. We haven't had time to think of building our training center. Why don't we do it now? And so we started on that. And in December, we broke ground. And just outside the blinds that you see me behind me, if I was open the blinds, yeah. you would see I'm about a week away from moving into my brand new training center, oh! 1,500 square feet, with my, all attached to my office or to my home. I've got 2,400 square feet of brand new training center with prep area. My office is wow. in there. We've wired it to be the training. And now the experience is going to be, I'll have students from all over the world come here to do mastermind. Uh, wow, I'll have trainers come where I'll put them on stage and I'll work them over in front of a camera to get them more authentic. So I go, thank you, COVID, for speeding up that part of my journey. Oh, and yeah. so I'm all about the experience now. I want to look back at my life when it's time and my life to be over. And I don't want to go back and go, what the hell did I do? I want to look back and go, oh, do you remember that vacation? Do you remember when you impacted that person's life? Remember when you did this? Because I was in the moment experiencing my life instead of just being in the future stressed out or in the past stressed out. So experience is the fourth currency. Oh, that's amazing. God bless, bro. I mean, to, to, to fulfill that dream during COVID, I mean, I'm sure you're dying to, to do the next VidCast podcast from your office. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I've got my sure mic all ready to go. My sure mic's already oh. ready. It's like, <laughs> let us move in. <laughs> Wepa, that's amazing, bro. I'm digging. Look at this journey, folks. There's a person that struggled in life but didn't take no for an answer and had a partner in life that refused to take no for an answer and didn't let him rest. Yo, shout outs to your wife because you've mentioned her several times and it seems she's definitely yeah. a pillar, a pillar in that success, if not the whole foundation, because she seems to be that 
she seems to be hungrier than all of us right now. <laughs> and I love it. But, but she definitely is no, taking yes care of you. No. And that's and, amazing. And, yeah. See, one of her passions, her passion in life is to support me. She has no, don't put her on stage. Don't try. She, she actually, Al, she hates that I talk about her so much. <laughs> she better not listen to this podcast then because she's going to get mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she's used to being, you know, 32 years, 35 together. She knows me by now. She, and it's just that she's a behind the scenes person. But every single one of us has those people in our life. But some of us, we just don't want to acknowledge because when that person that's holding us to a higher standard, you know, does that, we get upset at them. How dare they? Who are you? And so when we start going, wow, you know, that person must really care about me to be willing to have those tough conversations. There's a little bit of a shift that can happen in your life right there. That's great stuff, man. So I don't want to keep it too much longer. You know, we got to the four currencies, right? And so, okay, this is a great question right here. So this is something that, that definitely stuck out to me. Why is chaos not only normal, but critical in life? And what's the best <laughs> way to utilize that? Well, see, here's the thing is what people don't realize is chaos is essential. As human beings, we are put on this planet to evolve. And when we get stuck, chaos is what comes to kick us in the butt to say, no, go to the next level. And because most people resist chaos when it enters their life, that's why they struggle. Because all of a sudden something happens, they're going, why is this happening to me? And well, you've probably experienced this. Something happens or the universe, God, whatever you want to go by, gives you a lesson. Yes. And if you don't pay attention, that lesson comes again with more intensity. Have you ever noticed yes. that? Oh, yeah, well, it see, has. And then believe you me, I've learned my lesson. So I've been trying to avoid right. that intensity. <laughs> well, see, and notice what you just said. I try to avoid it, which is why you're attracting more of it into your life. So in my new book called The Authority Key, How That's to so Unlock right. and Open the Door to Success, the open is four phases of life that, and I, I want to give credit where credit's due. I did not originally come up with these four phases. An amazing friend of mine did. I call him the quantum monk. And here's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Is> because, I'm thinking, <laughs> why right. am I thinking quantum jump, the, the old TV series? Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. What a great show that was. What a great it show. It was. Is quantum monk. He was actually a monk for eight years. Did over 15,000 hours of meditation. And then he also studies quantum. Oh, he's a physics. real monk. Wait a minute. Wait. He's he a real monk. He was. Okay. He was. He was. Okay. He was. Yeah. And he studies quantum physics at the same time. So now he can tell you all about spirituality and back it up with the quantum science behind it. it, it oh, it's damn. crazy. That and would be a crazy research, conversation to have, especially oh, if you're blunt. Oh, no, you say. oh, yeah. <laughs> well, when he was a monk, he was doing research on different things. And one of the things that he was researching is what he called the chaos module. And it, when I first learned it, I was blown away. And I'm going, Greg, you got to get this to the world. But it wasn't his passion. It was just something yeah. he'd come across as he did deep research. And I said, then can I take it out to the world? And originally I wanted it in my first book, Success Left a Clue, but it just didn't really fit into it. So in my second book, I went, it's in, I'm making it. And it became a huge foundation of the book. And so I said, may I teach? And he said, please do. And so I spent hours nice. doing Zoom calls with him, digging in deeper, making sure I understood it, making sure. And then I turned it into my own words. And as we're getting on in the calls, he's going, wow, Robert, he says, you've turned it into something even deeper than I realized. And you're getting me excited <laughs> by the perspective you put on it because you're dead on. And so here's quickly yeah. what it is. I use the word open as the acronym for this. Okay. The O, the first phase is the observation phase. This is where instead of being a human being or a human crew, what's the saying? You're a human being, not a human doing. Well, yes. in the observation phase, you're actually a human creating. 
This is where it's time to create. What would I absolutely love to have in my life? So this is a time for meditation. This is a time for vision boards. This is the time to ask yourself, what would I truly love in my life? Now, not worried about how you're going to do it. When will it happen? Just what would you love? Think of it like that genie. You got, you can rub the bottle, three wishes. What would you love and create in that phase? The second phase is called the pamper phase. And this is the phase that most people, especially entrepreneurs, ignore or try to skip. And this is why they end up sabotaging their success. Mm. See, the saying that you cannot give what you don't have. When I had to take a year off, which turned into three and a half years because I was burnt out and I was, was not taking care of my body. So I went through two back surgeries is I had missed a pamper phase. I was over living my passion. I was only at home on average two days a month. And wow, when I'm on stage, I'm doing three to five days. Yeah, a month. Look, I was doing three to five day trainings all over North America and then into Asia. And over, I was living my passion 12 hours a day plus on stage, three to five days at a time, overliving it, wow. not taking care of me. Wow. So in the pamper phase, this is where you go on vacation when you're in this phase. If you can't go on a vacation, you plan a vacation or you go get a massage. Bro, Rob, yes, let right? me tell you this. I want to just say, I don't know if you listen to hip hop music, but Post Malone said it best for me. I work so hard, I don't know how to vacation. <laughs> like, but you know, you've so you're talking yourself. about that pamper, but how do I vacation? It's difficult. Well, so vacation maybe isn't something you're able to do in the moment. But what you can do is you can take 15 minutes to go outside and just stretch your legs and take a deep breath. I love to read. I'll take half an hour and just sit down with a good book and get lost in it. Or I use an app on my phone called Calm, C-A-L-M. I love the sound of rain. I'll take 20 minutes, sit down and just listen to the sound of rain in my ears because it takes about the first seven or eight for the quiet, my mind to quiet finally. And then the remaining time is me just being rejuvenated. And so you find little things. That's right. Find little things that give you the recharge so that you can be, because when you're Almega, you're on. So if you don't take your, and I come from experience, (laughs) I wasn't taking care of me. And all of a sudden, yeah, two back surgeries. We'll slow you down if you're not going to slow down. And I love Post Malone, by the way. So so in the pamper phase, you find ways to take care of you. And this is a time to be selfish and it's okay to be selfish and you've got to be creative. So one of the first things I do on my phone, when I'm doing my schedule, before we schedule anything else, my wife and I go in and put those pamper pieces or balance pieces, we call them time scheduled in for ourselves, time scheduled in for each other, time scheduled in for family that goes on before everything else. Mm. See, because if we don't, then we get so busy, we often don't have time to do it. So we put it on the schedule first. Then we put on the focus time and then with the rest of the time, we can do whatever we want and be as busy as we want. But because we've taken care of ourselves in the pamper phase, we're able to rejuvenate. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, heck yeah, it does. I mean, again, I'm a person that's always busy. Got a day job. I got family and I got two websites, you know, and doing this. So you tell me, I definitely need that pamper phase. When you say pamper phase, I, I picture my wife changing my diapers or something. Well, that's, that'll come <laughs> later in your life, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. She's still with me. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing is in the pamper phase, especially you've got to be creative. So yeah. people ask me all the time, they go, Robert, why are you willing? Why are you willing to fly halfway around the world and be on a plane 10, 12, 15, 20 hours? And I tell them, A, I love teaching people all over the world. But the second reason is a little selfish. 
You see, the moment I step on the plane and sit in my seat, that's Robert's time. Yeah. See, I don't connect to Wi-Fi. I don't do work. I watch movies because I love movies. I read. I get some sleep. I eat some good meals and I drink some good wine because I know the moment I land for the next three to five days, I'm going to be in it for 12 or more hours a day, giving, giving, giving. Gotcha. So the flight time becomes my time. So that's, that's where the creativity comes in. Gotcha. Okay. That's it. Now the E in open is the next phase. And this is because pamper is so important because when you go into the E phase, that means you're in energy. This is the time to get stuff done. And this is the time you book your meetings. This is the time you write your emails. This is the time you have meetings. This is the time you're productive. And what's cool is because when you take care of yourself in a pamper phase, it's nothing for me to put in an 18 to 20 hour day when I'm in the energy phase. Mm. And sure, at the end of the day, am I tired? Yes, but I'm not burnt out. And there's yes. a difference. I go to bed oh, feeling complete and, and I get some good rest. So the energy phase is where you get stuff done and be productive. But this is, again, pamper phase, why it's so important. Now, okay. the fourth phase is, and I, the, the N is not the first letter of it. I had to get creative on my words to get the acronym open in there, Omega, <laughs> just so you're aware. But it's the second letter. And this phase is called unclutter phase. Okay. And the other word for that is chaos. See, you're going to go into chaos. Remember, we're meant to evolve. So yeah. in the unclutter phase, and I'll explain in a moment why I call it that, but in this phase, when you go into unclutter phase, this is the time that you courageously, and listen to the words, courageously destroy something in your life that's not working. Mm. So that might mean in that phase, it's time to end a business or personal relationship that hasn't been working. In that time, it might mean that oh, I want a new car. Get rid of the old car so you make room for the new car. Or Because if you ever notice when you're thinking about getting a new car, often the old one just starts having problems, starts breaking down, right? Chaos comes into your life. So, But people get attached and they hang on to it. So be willing to let go of what's good to get something great. Agreed. Be willing to let go of something great to get something amazing. Something mm -hmm. amazing to get something phenomenal. The reason I call it the unclutter phase is because you can actually cooperate with the universe. You can actually cooperate and unclutter things. So have you ever gone to your fridge, Omega, where you open it up and you're like, oh, maybe it's time to clean this puppy out and get rid of some of that food that's not supposed <laughs> I'm to be I'm the one there, always right? cleaning in this mother. It's me. So I yeah. clean the fridge yeah. and the floor and stuff. Come on now. I'm See? a knee freak. So this is you, you're actually, you're cooperating with nature and uncluttering. See, I'll go down to my office every couple of weeks and I'll unclutter. I'll straighten it out. This oh, yeah. is the time, and this is the time where also one of the greatest things you can destroy is a negative belief that's been holding you back. Mm -hmm. And proof is a cure of all doubt. So if there's something that's been holding you back that you believe, well, go and disprove it. Go find a way to prove that, that the belief is wrong so that you can unclutter that belief from your head. And when you cooperate with the universe, now when chaos does come in, it comes in more like the lamb instead of the lion. It comes You're in so and right. goes, Here's a little extra energy. And, you know, I'm going to disrupt something a little here, but I know you'll catch it. And because as soon yep. as you unclutter, you go back into the observation phase. Mm -hmm. And I love what my friend Greg said, the quantum monk. He said this, instead of being willing to live life, be willing to courageously, courageously allow life to live you. Ooh, geez, that's deep. Had to be the and quantum monk. <laughs> it was the quantum monk. Yep, yep. Because that is, life is meant for living. It's not just for existing. It is. Mm -hmm. And so people, the biggest question to ask though, oh, Robert, 
how long will I be in each phase? And it's like, you have no control how long you're in the phase. Well, when will they happen in my life? Yeah, you have no control. You're going to keep going through these phases and every part of your life, your relationship can be in one phase while your health is in another. But when you understand the phases and you now embrace them, when I look at chaos, I'm like, what a blessing in my life. Because if it's coming in my life, I've obviously got stuck somewhere and it's going to help me get unstuck. And and I was out two weeks ago with family because family's big. We are on another camping trip. It's summertime here. We camp like crazy. We go out into the deep woods. We circle our RVs and we go quadding. We go ATVing. And I have this new to me quad that has the tracks on it instead of tires. Oh, we word, went, nice. It, it, we, there's about 10 of us and we had about eight units. We were out quadding and, and side by siding and we hit this really boggy area. And everybody else has tires on their vehicles and they were getting stuck. And because I had tracks, I was able to hook up and pull them out because I wouldn't get stuck. I wouldn't bog down. I'd be able to walk nice. right over it. And what an analogy for life. See, when you're going through chaos, trying harder to get out of it isn't necessarily going to help. This is mm-hmm. where you look to who's in your life that has the tools to help you get out right. more effectively, more efficiently. And so that's where having mentors in your life are important. Having coaches in your life. Those, especially when you come into the unclutter phase, instead of trying to do it all on your own, be willing to ask for assistance. You know, most yeah, people be have been taught. Yeah. yeah, we're taught that you know, vulnerability is a weakness. You know, I come from a Latino household. So, you know, the, the man got to be macho. Oh, you need a good job. Yeah. Not, you, you need to own your own business. Like, I'm teaching my daughter way different. Like, own your own yeah. business. Learn your craft and, and build your own joint. I'll help you navigate that journey in my yeah. creative space. Why not? I mean, my parents didn't give me yeah. that. It's, you know, get a good job so you could get a good pay. I'm like, how about me being a boss, kid? Come on now. So that's something I oh, put yeah. into myself. You know, it's shame. I, I don't know if you grew up the way, same as a Canadian. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, again, you're taught <laughs> to do a job. Again, I don't know how, how Canadians roll, bro. You're way up north. You know, South Park yeah. tells me y'all guys' heads are not attached to your chins. According to South Park, I don't know. You you kill Kitty. You <laughs> I love that cartoon, though. I love South Park. And look, you just described my life. Both my wife and I, we come from very poor families. Yeah. And when we decided we were going to be entrepreneurs, everybody flipped out. No, 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 no. That, what if it doesn't work? Isn't that crazy, though? Isn't that yeah. crazy? At least let us take the chance. You know but what I understand, mean? understand, Omega. Look, see, your daughter, as an example, is learning from your example. Yeah. And that's going to form who she is. See, our parents, my family, learn from their parents and families that you work hard, you stay loyal, you get a job, you don't think yeah. you just try to do it. You, you do things. And, and it's interesting. My dad, who's um, the second oldest of 10 kids, second oldest of 10, he was the only one that wasn't an entrepreneur. Because really? when you get an example, sometimes you go opposite. You go opposite. Yeah. And, and, and this is what people don't realize. What you experience is growing up forms who you are today. And this is why vulnerability can be a strength instead of a weakness. You know, my dad and my mom met. My dad from a heavily Catholic family. My mom from a heavy Protestant family. My dad, second oldest of 10. My mom, one of eight kids. And when they met, they got married six weeks later. Now they Six were married weeks? for 42. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they were married for 42 years before my mom passed wow. away. Oh. But what formed a big part of their life is the moment they got married, both families disowned them because what? of religion. Wow. Dad's Catholic. How dare you, right? And so they went in the opposites. And, and so both families, entrepreneurs, 
But my parents basically went, if you can't accept us for who we are, why would we follow your beliefs? And and that's where I see a big shift mm. happen. They both got down okay. to, we'll just work for people, we'll stay, you know, and then that was what was bred into us. So all my siblings went into, you got to work for people, but because of our, and I was the same way, remember, until yeah. my wife came along and yeah. went, no, 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 there's another way. So you can't, or I'm going to refer back to me. I've learned from traveling around the world, probably one of the greatest gifts I've received is I've become more tolerant. Okay. Just because someone doesn't believe what I believe doesn't make them better or worse than me. It comes from their programming. And so I yes. become tolerant Agreed. to who they are because learning to love someone for who they are, which is pure love versus who I think they should be or needy love, loving someone for what I can get from them or what they provide for me. See, when you love someone for who they are truly and you have that pure love, instead of yeah. so many relationships today, the reason they end in divorce is because the couple come together out of needy love. What They each provide something to the other that the other needed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when that need changes, all of a sudden, the relationship changes. It was a moment of convenience. Like, yeah, you, have, you got yeah. the tools I need for now <laughs> yeah. to get yeah, to my yeah. next you know, phase. So we become I, I vehicles that. in a sense. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And so one of my goals in life and why I've done the clues is that from watching all these successful people, it's not just watching what works. It's watching what hasn't worked. Where have they stumbled? Where have they been crumbled? Where have they just been devastated? And how did they come back from it? And then how do, can I apply that in my life? And three powerful questions that I learned a while ago that I use in every day of my life is when something's going on, I ask what's working, what's not working, and what can I do different? And from having those three questions, that ties into the what's next. That's what's allowed me to adjust and reinvent even when something as big as COVID came and impacted the world, how many people were devastated and their life's over because, and how many people were able to go, okay, next. And they were able to yeah. come back stronger, right? Yep. So. Navigation, you know, everybody pull out that GPS because you could navigate if you know how to read it. Come on now. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I That's love exactly it. it. Oh man, great. Oh, what's this? Yep. I got so many things. Robert, today's going to be a crazy day because I'm talking to amazing people like yourself and later on today. I have Dion Wilson from uh, Multiverse talking about blockchain. Good stuff. You know what I mean? Nice. It's going to be a great day. But you have been amazing. You're like definitely opened me up. I can't wait to, to finish the book and, and get more of those clues that you, that, that yeah. you, you, you put all over the place. That's the last two things I want to leave people with, of course. Just give us when somebody picks up the book, Success Left a Clue. You know what I mean? Where can they pick it up? And do you point out the clues or are you leaving that up to us to decide? <laughs> no, no. A couple things, too. First of all, and I'm so feeling blessed that you've been putting my website across on your banner and stuff like that. Because oh, as a fun. gift, as a gift for you having me on your podcast, anybody that goes to robertrealpel.com, they're actually going to be able to download the digital copy of Success Left a Clue as our gift to them. Because Check it out, me guys. Check yeah, it out, guys. It's a great book, man. I, I'm already just yeah, halfway through it, and I'm fried up. If it wasn't for family, like I told Rob, I would have been done with it already. Well, I'm going to give them a caveat, though, with this. Here's a caveat mm -hmm. to this, Almega, is it's uh, not a book to just read. Because I give six powerful steps on how to live the life of your dreams. And step number three is take action. So I wrote it as yes. a, a, a manual, a workbook, meaning when I give action steps in the workbook, I'll say, don't read any further until you've done this action. And then at the beginning of the next chapter, cool. I'll say, did you do the last action? If you haven't stopped reading now, go back and do that action because I don't want it to just go on the shelf and be that shelf help. I want people to actually change their lives with it. So as our gift for you having me on your podcast, 
go to robertriopel.com, download it, take the actions, watch it, watch it, how it changes your life. And the right clues, then, I point them out. You've already seen it in the book. I even yes, have my I own have. emoji. It's called a clue emoji. It looks like <laughs> me in a little emoji. And so that's where I give out clues. Beautiful. Yeah, I know that. I just want people to hear it from, from the man himself, how <laughs> awesome the book is. Because again, I'm checking it out and I was fully immersed until I had, you know, unannounced visitors that, that sidetracked my time and my plans. Those but are, things are you that doing happen. the action stuff? Are you doing the action? Well, I got to that point and then like, okay, then somebody ran the bell. And I saw that as like, go here, you know, check this out. You know, you give us, you know, real instructions, which I love. And as soon as I about hit that, the bell rang. And I'm asking my wife, who's that? Oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh, gee, thanks, babe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gee, thanks. That's, That's right. telling me That's the in-laws right. are coming. Jeez. All right. <laughs> but it was fun. I, I'm always happy to have them. I, I don't have crazy in-laws. I love them. I love my family. You know, I love talking to people like you. I love my Crusaders team. And it's all love, man. Positive energy and good mm-hmm. stuff. And, and looking for keys to success like you offer on your website via the book on Success Left a Clue. I mean, again, this is something that's going to stay with me for a minute. You will affect people with your greatness or infect them with your mediocrity. That, like, like blows my damn mind. I shared that with some people. And they're like, yo, that's so true. I'm like, yeah, right? So tune in today, <laughs> as I told them. <laughs> but, of course, Robert, they could follow you on Twitter at Rob. ROX69, so Rob Rock69 and the Robert Riopel on Facebook. Is there anything else that you use other than, of course, the wonderful website, robertriopel.com, where you could get the book? I mean, where else can we find you? Can we find your schedules there? Are you going to be touring the North America this year now that conventions are back on? I need to know before well, you go. Where can I see Robert, bro? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm going to be traveling a lot less because now that I've built my training center. However, because I love to teach so much, I'll still do some trainings that are live where I travel. But for the most part, right now, I'm doing virtual. And so when people download my book, they're going to be able to get access where they'll find out that I do two and a half hour training where of just sheer value. They get to come at no cost, where I talk about the authority key, my new book, where I teach them how to become an authority in any arena. Because one of the things I've learned recently, Omega, is that, and, and I'll ask the question to you this way. Have you ever noticed there's people that can have the same amount of knowledge and experience to you or even less, and yet they make more money? Have you ever noticed oh, that? Oh, I've seen this. Yo, oh my God. Me and my boy Clem <laughs> talk about certain crews all the time. I was like, okay, numerically, yeah. socially, and all traffic-wise, we murder these people. But yet... <laughs> You know, financially, they're like over here. So socially, name known, we're up here, you know? But then financially, all all the way up here, it's like, okay, but yet when it comes to their, who knows them, they they will below us. It's like, you know, and again, I'm using stats, folks. I'm not trying to have an ego here, but I'm just saying it's like, I know for a fact that our channels are way bigger than theirs. But the difference is, is they're seen as the authority and so, so that's why they're paid more. That's right. <laughs> yes. So that's why in the training, I'm going to teach you practical ways to be seen as an authority. But what's missing, because having a podcast is one way, but what's missing that sabotages most people is the inner things that hold them back. The inner things that sabotage your success and you don't even realize it. So I do a deep dive and the four phases mm. are part of that, four currencies are part of that. I do what's called the authority master key, which is how to thrive in life. So those people mm. will be able to access that training and I'll deliver a ton of value for them. There you go, folks. Sign up right there. Check out the, the website. Get that book. You know, check out them classes. You can see, Homie has had an incredible journey, but he has definitely, you know, thanks to his lovely wife, 
taking those chances <laughs> and those leaps and bounds, if you will, to, to, to reach that next level. And he's doing it. And if he's doing it, then so can we, folks, for real. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. right? Okay. I mean, listen, look, achieving your dreams while keeping it real, relevant, and repeatable. Wepa, I love it. So I know I've been showing it off, Robert, but let people hear it from your mouth, man, to God's ears. Where can we follow you again? <laughs> yeah, I'm on. I'm now on Instagram because I've got a team now. I'm on LinkedIn, but the main place is Facebook. Find my fan page. Follow me as I travel around the world and do train. You'll hear about stuff. So that's a great place. Plus robertrealpel.com, my website. The, the, oh, my God. Place. Robert, you have been an awesome guest. You have great energy, great tips, man. Again, I will email you as soon as I finish the book. Because, again, I mean, once I saw four by Les Brown, success left a clue. And then I started digging into your journey. I'm like, wow, yo, I'm digging what you do. I respect you 100, bro. You are killing it. And again, as I told you earlier, before we started, but I say it live on air, thank you. Thank you for being one of those people that are very forward in life to want to help others, help folks like myself become better versions of ourselves by just changing our way of thinking a little bit. Hey, see the world a little bit differently. You know, wear some different glasses. Brother, thank you for that, bro. Because, again, your story oh, is amazing. Pleasure. Going from so much debt to now being retired, you have a, a office building right behind those wonderful shades of yours. I got to have you back on because I need a tour of that facility. All right? Oh, for anytime. Sure. You mention it, Elmega, and I'm there. Uh, right, when bro, I connect I'm, with amazing people, you mentioned we're there. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to email you. We're going to do it, man. I want to. I want the 15-minute tour of the... Uh, Ropeal uh, Castle over there. <laughs> Ropeal Castle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Thank you again. Folks, I hope you've gained a lot of value today. Again, please visit Robert's website. Follow him. And remember, keep these words with you because these are so true. You will affect people with your greatness or infect them with your mediocrity. Don't be mediocre, folks. Be great. I'm Al Mega. Please make sure to follow us at ComicCrusaders.com, UndercoverCapes.com. Download our app on the Google Play Store. Yes, the Comic Crusaders app. Apple is coming soon, I promise. I know I'm the anti-Apple, but I'll make it happen. No worries, all right? So let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's just what it is, bro. But, but listen, you know, tech is tech, right? So thank yeah. you again, folks. Hasta la próxima. Much love. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 